This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Adam and Eve. Who wants better sex? And who wants it, like, immediately? If you're looking to lubricate and luxuriate your lovemaking, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping, which includes rush processing. It's the easiest, most discreet way to let your curiosity take the reins. Doesn't matter how much you spend or what you buy, all will be packaged and sent discreetly for free and fast. That's 50% off one item, free shipping with rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Just enter offer code PAPA at checkout. That's PAPA, P-A-W-P-A-W at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code PAPA to get your discount, 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Goodbye, sweeties. Welcome to the campaign after the campaign. This is not another D&D podcast. Welcome back to Bahumia, everyone. Bahumia. JK, we're not even really in Bahumia. We're doing a Q&A episode, y'all. No way, y'all. baby. Suckers. <laughs> in fact, we're in New Orleans. You just got thwomped. Yeah. <laughs> you just got, that's right. You're sitting you at home. <laughs> you, you got your bell rung. Your bell's ringing. <laughs> Finally. We've all teamed up. We've all teamed up with our DM to womp <laughs> you for once. Uh, the audience uh, got womped, uh, which is, you know, how any good podcast works. Yeah. Um, thwacking and thwomping him. Thwack and thwomp your audience. Uh, anyway, guys, we're doing a um, Trinity Vale this week, and then also we're doing this Q&A episode. Uh, we solicited questions from uh, Twitter. As you give well- us Qs. We give you As. <laughs> We give you our A um, (laughs) after you give us your cues. Um, We also answered questions from Patreon. And in fact, as a short rest this week, we will actually be answering more questions over on the Patreon. So you'll get an additional Q&A episode uh, over on the Patreon. That uh, is how thick and meaty this sewed is, guys. Correct. (laughs) Freaking kielbasa. So, It's like a sewed that's frothing over Mm -hmm. into... (laughs) A short rest. Yeah. You put too much water in the pan. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's a lot of froth. <laughs> um, we will start with a question from Tweeter. Um, Mel, but a werewolf, asked. <laughs> Hard One was I so... I like that name. Hard One was so protective of his pride and autonomy in the first few arcs, what prompted him to rightly, immediately bend the knee to Mama? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, good cue. It's, I think... Hard one was always just searching for a righteous and worthy queen. Mm. He was <laughs> he was always eager to bend the knee, but he just hadn't come close to finding anybody. He knows what he wants. You did everything but bend the knee to Shay, though. To be fair, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, nah, you wouldn't though. But like, you can't bend the knee to someone you want to be with. Right, true. That introduces a power dynamic. <laughs> things were you things know? were too rigid to bend the knee. <laughs> Exactly. You don't want to kick out, start a relationship like that, which is what Hard One had with Shay. I love that. If he had such a boner, it would have given him, he couldn't bend the knee. I love that. Literally, he, because his dick is longer than his Right. I just love the idea of that as dating advice, though. Just being like, step one, do not bend the knee to them. (laughs) 
<laughs> Unhealthy. That was also, yeah, that was probably the first time Hardwin didn't have an erection when he was asked to bend the knee, so he just did it. <laughs> it's a good I, way to hide I, one. I haven't listened to that episode in forever, so I don't even remember how much Mama even spoke or we even knew how why she was or whatever. She may have literally said one sentence and then Hardwin <laughs> bent the knee just because she was a possum who spoke incredibly eloquently. Yeah. And I honestly, I that decision has like it's only been fortified the more we've learned about Mama. Mm-hmm. She is very wise. Mm-hmm. I do think um, the, uh, one of the fun things about like your guys' interactions with NPCs are the kind of unexpected relationships, like the the characters that are almost not there for your character that people still bond with. Like Hard One and Mama is very funny. <laughs> Um, and then I would say like Moonshine has a little bit of a special relationship with Bev Sr. Mm. Or yeah, did until, I'm protective of him. I yeah. got to bring him back to Martha Togel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of a fun character choice to be like, um, yeah, this this person wasn't part of my backstory, but I am invested in them. And- right. Taking another character aside, and by another character we mean you, and then just kind of directing our <laughs> eyes towards you and having a conversation in front of our friends for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cassie uh, S asks on Twitter, on Twitter uh, how mentally messed up are your characters at this point? Not great. Not 100%. Definitely not 100, I would say. I would say definitely. I'm definitely out of sorts. Mm. Yeah, it's a mind fuck. I would say my entire self-identity is currently being questioned. Mm. It's sort of like there's been an earthquake in my soul. Mm. I think we're all emotionally edging at the moment, to be sure. <laughs> Yeah. Just like yeah. Any, one more thing would maybe push us over. Yeah, it's it's tough because it does feel like the characters need a break and we almost need like a lighthearted like little 3 or 4 episode <laughs> arc, but things are so prep <laughs> things are so pressing that you guys just immediately went to Shadowfell. Yeah. Also, last time we went on vacation, we almost had a total party kill. True. That's true. That is very true. That we can never let our guard up. Like minute ten into our vacation, I think Moonshine almost got her soul stolen by a pair of succubi. So I know, but if they hadn't been succubi, I would have got my fucking heart stolen. Right? Uh, absolutely. Right. Amen. <laughs> Maybe or we would can... I have been stealing their hearts? Who knows? In the end, Balnor was there, so that would have really ruined my life, actually, I think. I do I do like that in our character's history, there was a time, before we knew it was a succubus, that that uh, Bev and Hard One walked, like, watched Moonshine walk off with Balnor to have a four-way. My plan, I just want everyone to know my plan was that I was going to, like, make sure there was always at least one succubus in between me and Balnor. So, like, there was never, when there's four people, it's yeah. easy to, like, really focus on two people. Oh, that's a, a buffer. Yeah, that's a you buffer, know? yeah. You're enjoying one, and the other one is a buffer for the right. third person that you're not trying you to. You have well, to have. All, you're rotating like one to your right. You yeah. can avoid. Exactly. Would it have been an awkward dance as Balnor tried to inch near Moonshine? <laughs> sure, but you have to have a game plan going in. Absolutely. <laughs> Gotta have uh, a strategy. This is a little bit of a uh, leaping off from uh, this question, from this past question. Uh, Johnny P asks uh, Love the show. Do you think Moonshine would have preferred to be a Maribel mushroom spawn to being a high elf? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I've talked about this just off mic with you guys, but yes, the idea of being a 
monster was sat a lot more comfortably with me than being a high elf because high elves are just so up their own fucking ass and it's like they've oppressed my people monsters yeah cool monsters are cool as hell yeah maribel was you know she was she wasn't bad at the end of the day Mm -hmm. she was uh corrupted and manipulated but like the essence of being a mushroom monster that makes spawns is not the evil. Yeah, there's but like even I think I'd rather be an evil monster than a snooty high elf. There's no connections <laughs> when you're a monster. Like I think maybe I would prefer that Akarat was my dad to a high <laughs> elf being <God>. my dad. <laughs> but I will say, when we were recording, you were more distraught in real life um, by Maribel saying that you might be a mushroom spawn than by finding out you were a high elf. Well, because, so when we're actually recording, when you said that shit, like with Maribel, that was like very emotional, but there was nothing silly about it. But when you said I was a high elf, that is so such a funny twist that I wasn't expecting mm. that I was still very amused at the same time. <laughs> It's just hitting a lot of emotional keys, I imagine. It's like getting razzed versus get versus getting owned, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great that's that's eloquent. That's a nice way to put it. I yeah. think mm-hmm. yeah. Poetry. I think that's I think that's exactly what it was. A razzing versus a whomping, as it were. <laughs> but I would say I would say like at that point, like I was more I was very attached to like my mom, you know, I was very yeah, attached to Jolene, Mima. you just had the whole, yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, the idea of Jolene, like, not being my mom after, like, we had just, like, been hanging out with her, that was, mm-hmm. like, a really uncomfortable thought. Yeah. Whereas, like, the, the who my dad is, I hadn't really even been thinking about that. You know what it is? It's, it's like, yeah, you were pulled into a, a quick moment of feeling safe and secure by knowing for certain that Maribel is your mom. Or no, by knowing that Jolene was your mom. But then that rug was instantly pulled out from under you by finding out that your dad is a high elf. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have it, we met any high elves? Who are the high elves that we've but, hung yeah, out like with? Yeah, like home high elves. Uh, well, I don't you, think we've uh, met any. You've met Galad. <laughs> oh, no. Is that really the only... I remember now he was a high elf. Um, but you've also met uh, Alanis, who is a high elf. Cool. Okay. 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 She's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Alanis is my dad. Is um. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Ooh. That would that's be dope. Good. That's yeah. A, that's okay. a dirty ass dad. Yeah. That's right. That's a dirty ass steampunk dad. Okay. <laughs> Alanis is my dad. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> um. Is wait. Is Barrick Brisden an elf? No. He's a human. Okay. Cool. Oh man. <laughs> He's a big, buff, uh, stern human man. <laughs> Who would you compare him to visually? Mm. Are we talking Tom Selleck? Are we talking yeah, Crispin that's, Glover? That's a good uh, Who's comparison. Crispin Glover? Not, Crispin Glover. Not Crispin Glover. Tom um, Selleck? That that's person? too cool. No, he's like a he's like a <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, he, uh, a little bit Terry Bradshaw. I would also say um, Tom Selleck in Blue Bloods. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Selleck in Blue Bloods, but bad. Wow. What if he was an insanely like? Like hiding corruption <laughs> in his um, precinct. Briz bloods. I had a. Briz bloods. I, I have a question for you, Murph. Mm-hmm. Um, off of the discussion of Akarat being someone's dad, um, Akarat's not that old, is he? Um, or I guess we don't know, but like, yeah, you don't know because Akarat's dad didn't ascend to hell until like that fairly recently, right? 
Like it was, yeah, but he's always been like. Uh, is Akarat an elf? Um, Akarat is a. You guys don't know. I'm not telling you stuff. I can't oh, spoil. All right, what? fine. Sorry. He's something else. He's something unique. Um, I can't tell you guys. We don't. We haven't well, met him yet. Interacted with I, him. I will say this much. You do, well, yeah, but you saw a man with face wraps and like um, red eyes mm. that look like little glowing Ooh, fire orbs. So he's he some kind of shapeshifter. He doesn't look like a normal dude, so you couldn't just discern from looking at him. I will say he does he's not. He's a doppelganger. I will That's say he guess. does not necessarily have to be young. Because uh, okay. Il said uh, it was never established that Il said had Akarat while he was in hell. True. Okay. Who's Who's Akarat's mom? Uh, you don't know. Yes. Okay. I was trying to catch you off. Jolene. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really uh, funny Shay. if Akarat's like Shay thirty-seven. <laughs> Imagine if it was Shay. That'd be so devastating. For you oh no. So hot. I know it'd be really hot. It'd only make her hotter. Oh my God. <laughs> she has an edge. Awesome. Yeah. Shay, you had a moment of weakness. <laughs> okay. Uh, Noah G from Patreon asks, uh, looking back at where you started with your character to where you are now, is there any aspect of your character you regret establishing early on or wish was different as it's less fitting with the current adventure? Anything hmm. you wish you had set up earlier or had planned from the beginning? Hmm. I'll start. Okay. Are you guys um, sad that you are regretting it all that you established that you can't read? No, because it's so cute that we're learning. <laughs> that is yeah. cute. I guess it's, it's yeah, but it's been so funny not being able to read. I really, <laughs> I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I haven't minded that. I don't know. Is there, is there anything that anybody else, that comes to mind for anybody else? Um, uh, For me, I guess like, I kind of feel like I uh, abandoned like the green teen patch thing a little early. I feel like I could have milked some more fun out of that, but I kind of like, you know, it felt right to like hand that sash to my mom when we were leaving Galater on. But like, I don't know. Uh, Although you did it for like twenty episodes. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) 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 That's that's the hard thing about the show is like. It's twenty episodes, which feels like a long time, but in like the world, it was only like two weeks. Yeah, that's right. true. But a lot happened to your character in that too. That's weeks. true. And I guess like these are like impactful moments in my character's life. So I don't regret yeah. it at all. But like sometimes I'm like, Beverly I, like... was go- you're going to war and also collecting patches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, true. it really was like like Bev had his um first adventure in Moonstone, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of like kind of minor and low stakes. It was basically just like you guys fighting a bunch of barbarians. And then he witnessed a civil war and saved his dad and had to fight one-on-one in a trial by combat. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a little weird to go into uh, Tales from the Crick with like, um, excuse me, Mima of the Crick, do you have any patches for <laughs> finding possums? Damn, you're right. I haven't made a single wrong choice in my character. That's true. <laughs> Oh, I guess. No, you know what? You know what your mistake was? What? Bringing it up here. Oh, no. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Caldwell's made so many mistakes. Beverly's made none. (laughs) I regret abandoning Kaka. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I love that. You didn't. I you love didn't that really abandon Kaka. You just completely forgot to ever mention Kaka. I sent sent him on a noble quest. He wasn't there to mention. (laughs) But as soon as we as soon as we save my mother and before we defend uh, Galateron from civil war, I think we should go find my bird. 
Yeah, we'll add that to the list. Yeah, but like top of the list. (laughs) That might be more pressing than Shadowfell. That's what I was Mm -hmm. thinking. Yeah, actually. (laughs) Just let's let's go back up and be like, hey, I lost a crow. I was actually really glad when you guys sent Kaka away because you guys just have too many people in your party. <laughs> it's true. Too many people for me to keep track of. I'm like, I don't want you guys to have a damn bird. Because <laughs> all the insane shit that you guys do, I know that, especially as you guys got high level, you would have used Kaka to do all kind of insane shit with him getting to fly around and everything, oh, spying, doing yeah. all that. We, we would have shrunk go, ourselves fine. down and rode on Kaka. Don't even question it. Don't even worry about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? Uh, off of Caw Caw, let's pivot to Bojangles. Uh, Dave. Hell yeah. <coughs> Dave on Twitter asks, whatever happened to Bojangles, the horse riding horse <laughs> slash former mayor of Moonstone? <laughs> I mean, that's more a question for you, Murph. I would like to establish that Bojangles is doing well and has now and has met another horse that also rides horses, and yeah. then they are starting a polo team. I think mm-hmm. I generally just don't make you guys micromanage your mounts, and I I feel like you guys still have Bojangles. Oh, we really? still got him? I figured I he, mean, like... I, I guess he's probably... You know what? He's probably, like, on the airship with, like, Jaina and what stuff. What the fuck? Bojangles is... <laughs> He was like your horse, right? You guys took him to Esri. I I figured that he took us as far as Esri, then went back to Moonstone. Yeah, that's what I assumed. He was pretty important in Moonstone. (laughs) But who took him? Wait. The former mayor. He took himself home. Wait, so he just walked himself back or rode a different horse back? He's a horse riding horse. Okay. I mean, it's more on you guys than it is on me. No, as as much as I like want us to have access to Bojangles, (laughs) what you're saying right now, Murph, completely betrays the character of Bojangles, which is a really intelligent horse riding (laughs) horse who is also the former mayor of Moonstone. It has political obligations in Moonstone. We know we know a lot of mayors. (laughs) <laughs> Let's think about what's funnier, us um, finding Bojangles on the airship when we go back to Bohemia, or us finding Bojangles running the town in Moonstone in like 300 episodes. <laughs> okay, so just to confirm, for canon, uh-huh. uh, everyone at home, this is exactly what actually happened. Uh, you guys got to Esri, slapped Bojangles on the butt, and yelled, just go, and then Bojangles just hopped on another horse and rode back to Moonstone. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what happened yes. yeah he just rode off into the sunset on another horse you guys yeah. tell me it has, tell it me if you get confirmed. this link that I just sent you I, I searched uh, horse riding a horse on the internet nothing came okay. up except for I this the internet. one this one little gif Whoa. Wow. oh I hate this oh this is terrible I for, think for everyone listening awesome. it's, a, it's a horse blowing another horse <laughs> <laughs> Jake Jake just sent us a very distasteful zoetrope. <laughs> it's like the first animated thing. A tiny, weird, kind of anthropomorphic horse riding a big, regular horse, and I don't like it. This no. would be a cool I like t-shirt. It. I think it'd be a really cool t-shirt. Uh, yeah, like a, a t-shirt that moves. Yeah, that would be a fucking awesome t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> In particular. Gift shirt? Just a tiny TV in your shirt. <laughs> Uh, Laura on Twitter asks, if your PC died, what way do you think they would die? Hmm. Jesus. Oh, dear. I've thought about this. I definitely think Moonshine would die, like, probably trying, like, probably healing someone instead of, like, probably having to, uh, 
endanger herself to heal someone. Mm-hmm. Killed I want, by her own hospitality. Yeah. I want yeah. Beverly to uh, tabletop Akarat off a cliff, but he falls with him, mm. and they both oh, he die. Gets, like grabbed at the last second. Yeah. So Ball like rock style, but in such a stupid way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or also, like, like we we haven't talked about Moonshine's huge tits in a while, so <laughs> maybe it'd be fun like if she did a handstand one time and then was suffocated by her own huge tits. That's how I want to go too. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, I have a little note in my notebook that's always like, "Ask Moonshine about huge tits." <laughs> Bring it up more. Yes, I have that in all my DM notes. Like, right. Actually, you want to? If we want to go back to like what we regret about our character, I regret like every episode I haven't mentioned her <laughs> ginormous top shelf. <laughs> it is funny how like. The characters are pretty undefined other than like uh, Moonshine has freckles and huge tits. Beverly has a flat ass and braces. So it's just like two weird futuristics, but everything Everyone else is- has huge quads. <laughs> also a thick ass. Thick of ass and bad of reed. <laughs> uh, this is kind of going off uh, that last question a little bit. Um, Kev on Twitter asks, if your PC died and you had to play as an established NPC or guest character moving forward, who would you choose? Hmm. I could never play someone else. Shay. But if you had to. I would play Shay. Oh, Really? Because yeah. it would just be really fun to play Shay around Moonshine. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought about this. It's hard uh, because you do such a good job with all the NPCs. I, I feel like I would be betraying your performance a little bit. Mm. But I know that's like when when one feels like it's too much. You it's like Egwene yeah. was a super fun character, but it's like I can't fucking I can't jump into. What, I would just be like, cool. I guess Murph speaks for her because mm-hmm. I guess oh, let's put it let's put it in a different context. So it wouldn't be like you guys taking a, a character or something like that. What it just like what of the like tropes of oh. the NPCs? If you were just like. Oh, I would play a character like Old Cobra. I'd, I'd play a character like Egwene. Like mm. if you had to pick between like, like um, rebellious teen mm. ranger halfling oh. versus like, I would do something uh, you like, know, like Jaina, like dwarf lawful good warrior type deal. What was her? Was it? Oh man, who was the werewolf? Uh, Luna. Oh, Luna. Luna. Yeah, I would play somebody like somebody like Luna. I like the idea of being somebody that like can't control. A, like a rage and is also like getting um she's like is maybe thinking about defecting from the chosen she's like getting jaded about her yeah. current position i would play a secret i like playing people with secrets yeah <laughs> i would either play um a duddle type character um because i think it'd be fun to Ooh. play like a small uh wizard as opposed to like a small warrior or yeah. um, a uh, Tabaxi, what was his name? I'm trying to remember the, uh, why can't I remember his name? Oh, Skullis. Skullis, yeah. Oh, Skullis would be yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. That's just like, I don't know. I think like a <laughs> Judo Tabaxi is a very fun character type. <laughs> yeah. I could also play yeah. Vinard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a bartender, you know? <laughs> Blue collar. <laughs> just a bunch of vines. The air elemental bartender would also be fun to play. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Just a bunch of wind. I'll uh, probably play like I'll probably play like Gemma's assassin. What the fuck? 
just kidding. Akarat? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably play like an Akarat type, you know? Just anyone who could wreck Jake's shit. Mm. <laughs> level 20 badass. <laughs> Let's see here. Beatty on Twitter asks, in both Bohemia and Trinivale, what is the most aesthetically defining location or object or even mm. NPC to DM and to players? Also, how are Murph and Caldwell's approach to world building similar slash different? Wow. Ooh. Uh, Great question. Well, I guess like Bohemia, I think, is like more of a Bohemia is more of a Game of Thrones book and Trinavale is more of like a thirteen episode anime, I guess is the way to put it. <laughs> I think I, I think Bohemia is not very Game of Thrones at all. I think it's much more Final Fantasy and like Warcraft. That's true. I'd say Trinivale just dials that up even more yeah. to anim to anime territory, I would say. Yeah, it's like uh, no. All right, I got it. Uh, <laughs> Bohemia is the Warcraft strategy games, <laughs> and Trinavale is uh, World of Warcraft like later expansions. <laughs> oh, interesting! Like when they yeah. introduce like pandas and that bullshit. Like Mists of Pandaria. Yeah, <laughs> I, th I think that's good. I feel like we we generally we have like a little bit of a similar aesthetic. I think that we both like kind of steampunky stuff. Yeah, and we both came from like playing Final Fantasy games and things like that. Definitely. I, I think we're both video game focused uh, DMs, whereas I think a lot of other DMs like grew up reading, uh, what is it called? The Similarian, whatever the hell the, what, the really dry, yeah. Oh, the, the like the history the really of the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Thing is, yeah. The crown of Baron. <laughs> yeah. What about what are your part of this question is what are Murph and Caldwell's approaches to world building? Mm. What are your approaches to world building, my friends? Mm. Just answer at the same time. I'm sure we can edit <laughs> around it. <laughs> I like to write four paragraphs and read them to you. <laughs> and I know that that's but not always. I like to listen to them. <laughs> I know that's not always the best approach, but uh, I don't know. I like. I like coming up with fun ways to describe things. I like trying to find like a really distinct environment for each episode, I guess. And I know that like Murph, you do that too. Like the, I always think about um, the gash uh, on top of uh, Mount Forge. That's like yeah. a very distinctive visual for me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think like, and we're very similar in that regard too. We kind of like to have like a playground for every kind of setting. And that is like, has something that draws you to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think uh, especially with like uh, Trinivale being monthly, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like the mission setup that you've established is kind of similar to how Bohemia is like within the arcs. Yeah. Everything feels very different. Kind of each Trinivale episode, it being a mission that takes you to a different place, it all kind of feels very different. Mm -hmm. I think as far as like what like city or like locale uh, best sums up the uh the world i would say for bohemia it'd probably be galateron because that's where like we've established like the airships and yeah. everything and that's kind of i feel like where the show uh had some of its bigger like emotional moments and stuff that mm -hmm. like kicked off all of like the individual character games yeah i also think every time we arrive somewhere in bohemia like the way you set up the crick and the way you set up frostwind was really yeah you could you could see every single detail and it was really great even though uh, Hard One had a bad time in Frost One, Frost One, I really, <laughs> I enjoyed the description of it so much. Yeah, that's true. The like Iron Dwarves amidst the like peaceful, snowy, slumbery town is a good contrast. Yeah, I was thinking about that. 
I like that it was Slavic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extremely. <laughs> I like that it was in Prague. <laughs> yeah, because I got to listen to a bunch of Slavic music. I'm I'm glad that uh, you've got the uh, the King's Hammer now, aka the Queen's Hammer, mm. and you just get to bring a little piece of frost one with you uh, forever now. Yeah, I love those voices. The dwarven daddies. <laughs> <laughs> gotta find him a hot tub. I really gotta find him a hot tub. I know. Those are a good NPC. We're like I we only see them occasionally. I feel like they're kind of like keychain in that regard where they pop out yeah. every once in a while and you're like yeah it's just like it's nice to have a check-in with them yeah it is interesting i it's especially with stuff like that too i do think our our styles are pretty similar um i think like our worlds are kind of similar mm-hmm. i think we have a little bit of a different approach with like prepping and stuff because yeah. i think you're a lot more interested in like building your own pantheon and stuff Mm-hmm. Like I love listening to that stuff and being a player in that world, but it is ne- like I never sit there and like come up with the names of gods. Like that's why <laughs> I just use the regular old fucking D and D ones. Um, I like coming up with names a lot. I I obsess mm. over names like probably too much. Uh, one thing I've noticed about everyone that I've known who's like become a DM mm-hmm. is that they start getting into like architecture. Oh, that's because like I feel like every time someone starts DMing, like suddenly they're like, "Oh, I gotta describe all these buildings." Mm, All right. Yeah. Well, how the fuck do I describe? It looks like this, but what the fuck is that called? (laughs) And then suddenly, like you guys all like know like all like parapets and cornice awnings, portcullis, or you know like what a garrison is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, there is a lot of. uh, I always have like a synonym page open when mm. i'm prepping <laughs> for these sessions yeah i'll also like um i specifically remember re-watching game of thrones and like really taking note of how the castle is like laid out and stuff mm-hmm. because i don't know you can know a decent amount about history and everything like that but you still don't know how to quite describe all of that stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. not to say that uh any of our stuff is accurate or my or any of my stuff is accurate um but it's more accurate than it would have been maybe it gets you in the mindset though like even if it's not like you know exactly to history it just like puts your puts your head in that space there's about 20 minutes of every bohemia campaign episode where we're asking murph about the grain cellar of a castle (laughs) and like describing like how they would prepare and keep like grains and corns uh, Mm -hmm. siloed for the winter. And like he, you know, has it all planned out. So we want to know, but we usually cut that because it's a little less interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Or the weather patterns of the region. (laughs) (laughs) How humid is it here? Uh, let's see. Sky asked, when recording the session that revealed Bev's dad making a deal, did Caldwell's scream of get out startle anyone? And is there a point where you can't really speak after a session due to the high emotional toll it takes? Um, I guess that's a question for y'all. Were y'all startled? <laughs> I was scared. I was shaking to my core. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was, if, uh, I, Caldwell's, Caldwell's a dang professional with the microphones, so I was just really happy when I, I saw him lean back, right. so I was expecting him to get loud. Mm, um, but that's good. I thought that, w- that was a really good character moment, because uh, I do think that the boobs are very forgiving, so I was, I was happy that you guys were, like, sympathetic to him, but were still, like, 
yo, you can't be around us right now. This is this <laughs> yeah. is bad news. I was slightly worried that Bev would just be like, well, I'm the devil now, I guess. I'll join my dad. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, that's a very fun what if, <laughs> if we ever want to do that for a live show where we do all become little devils. <sighs> oh, my God. I loved when we were pretending to be devils. <laughs> I was worried that that is like a weird thing from that moment is like I was worried about startling you but I was also like oh no this is going to sound terrible in the audio because I've definitely peaked oh it didn't it didn't actually scare me I also saw you lean back from the microphone but I I, yeah I do feel like sometimes when we're recording and like the mood is really heavy it, Mm -hmm. it does like it absolutely carries over to like if we if we take a break we're like damn yeah damn that's crazy but a lot of it is also it's not like damn we're sad it's like we'll go into the other room and be like damn like murph that's really good storytelling that's powerful yeah yeah it's like emotional but still positive if that makes any sense it's like coming off of like a football field or like you know it's coming back into the locker room and being like nice work out there (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) that's true yeah, I would say we get less, uh, you know, quiet or less talky, uh, less with the big emotional moments and more with like tough battles. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. After, I feel like that's the long bus ride home is after a big battle and we're all just kind of like looking out the window. Yeah. Um, when, we, when we almost die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, something like the orc pirate fight or <laughs> mm-hmm. the purple worm fight. I think there's something about like a battle once we start to like lose, then it's like not fun anymore. It's not, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say. It's like, well, it's like you can't, you don't, you feel like you're not allowed to have fun anymore. You feel like you're like, okay, like I have to be, I have to be like focused and just try to do things right. And so yeah. like that probably does take some energy out because it takes it from like a, a joyful place to like an intellectual place. We got to yeah. survive, like survival mode. Yeah, yeah, you guys also get more mad at me about you never get mad at me about story things, but about like mechanical things you will get mad at me. Like when I counterspelled Emily, she was That was so fucking annoying. <laughs> but also remember, literally it's not like we were all getting counterspelled. It was just anything I could do. So Moonshine literally could do jack shit. By the way, it worked though because I was depressed. So. I've had several people confirm to me that I fucked up and should have been using aura of warding in that battle. So we should I should have been taking like half damage that entire time. Oh, just for chain lightning, I think. Yeah, just for chain lightning. But like yeah, you you've which, lightning which, us a few times. Which maybe would have kept you up. Yeah, but like I don't know, it all worked out. I think like yeah. the story structure was good for that episode. So I'm not I don't feel too bad. Yeah, it is. Uh, those moments, it's like, it's always better when somebody's like knocked out and almost dead. Mm-hmm. But the time that they do die, we're really going to regret missing like the aura that <laughs> yeah. we were supposed to use. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'll be more wary of it. That was like the first time that we've had a spellcaster in a long time, though. Yeah. So it kind of caught me off guard. Cool. Let's move on to our next question um craig d on twitter asks you're having a dinner party irl who do you invite living or dead from bohemia oh uh shay let's say okay shay. Let's say. Tris. yeah okay. um, oh, oh hell yeah you, dude you fuck boy you absolute <laughs> fuck boy hell i invite yeah. them over i pull the move you know i invite them all over i see who makes it to the end of the night right <laughs> <laughs> shay would instantly leave <laughs> I will make so many. I will be like, 
Shay, uh, I made spring rolls. <laughs> you seem like someone who keeps it tight. Let's say you could pick th- you could pick three people. Okay. Shay, Tris, and another Tris. Oh God, you're all. Are we all pick? We can only pick three between the three of us, or we each get to pick three. You each get to pick three. Okay. All right. So I guess yeah. One of my slots is obviously a Tris. You know, like Natch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, I think Alanis, absolutely, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Alanis is She dope. would have the best stories. Oh. She's seen the world a few times. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an answer before. You're like, what co- type of character would you play next? Mm. Like a trope? Uh, Alanis would be the trope I would go for. Ah, uh, like a, a wizard that's super powerful, but a little bit of like a fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Stoner tinker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I would be like some kind of sorcerer who was like, couldn't totally control their magic. Okay, I would go my mom, my dad, and... <laughs> Um, either Galad, so we could all beat the shit out of him, <laughs> or Gemma, so I could introduce them, or Triss, wow. so I could introduce them. <laughs> Mom, Dad, and Triss. Still, you still wow. haven't decided between Gemma and Triss yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mom, Dad, I wanted you guys to meet my new girlfriend. Triss is like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I we got to get old Cobb in there, right? Yeah, I would do old Cobb. Mm-hmm. I would do old Cobb, uh, Meemaw, and Alanis, probably. Those people would have like the best stories and be oh, fun to yeah, drink with. They they all, they're all um, down to get effed up. You're and right, they all because got a lot of stories. Also, like, Alanis would be like, Ulfgar would be like too. Like, he would definitely be a sad drunk and an unpredictable <laughs> drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be so fun to pregame with, though. If you're, it's like yeah. the pregame before the dinner. You yeah. get like like a couple drinks and you play some beer pong with right. Ulfgar. But then like, like rough, we're going out, we're going out. You just don't go out with him. <laughs> His roughhousing he turns into murder every single he time. He passes out. That or he just like passes out. He drinks way too much, way too soon. He's always trying to drive the airship home, and you have to be like, no, nah, man, just take a cab. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, you definitely you hang out with Hard One and Ulfgar like earlier in the day, um, and then you see them way later at night, and it's just so sad. <laughs> we day we day drink. Yeah, uh, they day drink. They're the kind of guys that like you like meet them for dinner, and they're like just like really really antsy for their to get like the to, for their beer to get mm, delivered. We, sh- we show oh. up to dinner trashed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, I'm changing my answer. I want it to be uh, just Balnor's family, so that he can have a moment of happiness. <laughs> I'm sticking with Triss and Shay and see <laughs> see who wins my heart. It's 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 really funny because Balnor. Uh, coming to like your dinner isn't even any kind of fantasy thing. It's just like having dinner with like a nice uncle. It's just yeah. it's like, hey, how you been? Just going to like your uncle's family's house for dinner when like you're visiting them. <laughs> like it'd be pretty nice, but like you'd probably try to get out of there early so you could go hang out with Ulfgar and Hard One afterwards. It, it might be fun to do like a dinner with the uh, like. Stone elemental, Ooh. fire elemental, water elemental, because there are like, aren't they like all siblings? I think, yeah, yeah, that's what you said. Oh, yeah, they were. They're all siblings, yeah, so right. there'd probably be some drama, and it would be like really elemental drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that'd be dope. Uh, 
Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Raycon. You all know me. I am always on the go, and you know what I love to bring with me wherever I go? It's my Raycon everyday earbuds, folks. Raycon offers amazing quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. Don't believe me? Well, how about their tens of thousands of five-star reviews. Raycon's optimized gel tips are designed to fit comfortably in your ears and actually stay there. That is correct. I use mine at the gym and I can tell you what, they stay put, folks. My Raycons come with me everywhere and with eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, I don't have to worry about whether they're up for the task. They've also got three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolation. So go to buyraycon.com slash pawpaw today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right, you will get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com dot com slash pawpaw that is by raycon r-a-y-c-o-n dot com slash pawpaw thank you everybody this episode of nadpod is brought to you by rocket money did you know that nearly 75 percent of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about it's true and it happens all the time here's an example Back in the day, if you wanted to watch a movie like, let's say, Joe Dirt, you just turned on Comedy Central. But now, if you want to watch it, you have to download an app called Bwungle, which says it's ad-free, but when you actually open it up, you find out that Joe Dirt is only available if you buy the Bwungle Platinum Package, which includes Twingus TV and something called Chode Zone Prime. You don't know what those are, but you sign up for a free trial anyway. Six months later, you read a news article that says that Bwungle has gone out of business. Whether you want to admit it or not, you've been Bwungled. But don't worry, folks. Rocket Money is here to help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions. They also save their members an average of $740 a year when using all the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pawpaw. That is rocketmoney.com slash pawpaw. Rocketmoney.com slash pawpaw. Okay, that's it for me. Enjoy the show. And beware the Bwongler. Next question. Yeah. Uh, Aaron W. asks, um, will Moonshine ever awaken Papa? Will he be sentient and speaking like Mama? Whoa. So I don't want to awaken Papa because I would miss the Rees too much. I love the way he speaks. And I also think he doesn't really need to be awakened. Like he's, he's a very, he's very intelligent. Well, wait, That's I think true. we need to, we need to like. Awakening let- him, awakening him suggests that there's something wrong with him right now. And he's perfect the way he is. A legal scholar. Yeah. Don't we need so to let I, Papa decide if he wants to be awakened? Do we need to like cast speak with animals sh- on him? I could absolutely. Act, we don't, I don't even need to uh, cast speak with animals. I can just be like, hey, do you want to be awakened? It's true. Um, yeah. But and he will kind of like give me some reese. Yeah. But I mean, it just hasn't been on the top of my list because he just is already perfect. Mm-hmm. It's true. It would only be if he wanted it because like he's perfect to us and like. He's honestly got so much more room to grow without even being awakened. It'd also be exactly. really funny if we did awaken him and then Murph just still did the Rees, but we sort of had a different <laughs> reaction every time. Yeah. 
I would definitely be willing to homebrew something where you do some kind of awakening to him where he gets smarter, but he still speaks in possum. Again, I still I still take issue with the idea that there's anything that he's not already perfect the well, way he is. Murph, what is the what are the advantages of awakening? I, I have in a 3.5e campaign, I awaken someone, which is brutal because you have to sacrifice XP XP for oh, it. Right. So now I'm leveling slower than everyone else, Ugh. or like it hasn't happened yet. But at some point, they're gonna jump a level and I'm not, and it's gonna be devastating. So it's almost like um, multi-classing. No, in, multi-classing doesn't affect your XP, but yeah, it would it, it, it like affect how you like, level. Mm-hmm. In your, yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, so like the the wolf went from like the wolf can speak now, but it hasn't really changed how he does anything. Mm. I, I think it just increased his uh, intelligence, but like his fighting hasn't changed. He well, he speaks like common now. Yeah, mm. he talks. I I think in five e I I know in three point five you like roll like a few d sixes or something, and that's how many intelligence points they have. Like it it goes up by that much um and usually just makes them like a little bit dumber than like a human uh but i think with 5e it might take your intelligence up to 10 which i think is normal human intelligence hmm Okay, yeah. I also think that this whole awaken shenanigans is a little sapien centric right because yeah. <laughs> technically like if we awaken papa is he going mm-hmm. to be smarter in our understanding of intelligence but lose some possum intelligence interesting i don't know yeah will he scramble less will he scramble less because he's just perfect the way he is you don't want to definitely has a 20 in crick yeah. wisdom at the moment so like yeah we would we'll yeah. be taking that away if anything yeah. we should awaken ourselves to be more papa like <laughs> So true. <laughs> yeah, we should opossum ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, Brandon asks, uh, this is a little bit of a different question. Hmm. DM court question. Ooh, that was a that was a uh, mixed bag we did on Patreon one time, DM court. Or um, not DM court, it was D&D court where we took people's... Uh, we, or we took, mostly just took their stories, right? Yeah. We talked about actually doing a DM court episode, which we should. Oh, we, mm-hmm. should, we like side with people. I think we I just see. helped decide one, yeah. one little fight. But we'll do it for this one. Here we go. DM court question. My DM won't let my Aarakocra ranger have the ability to fly, not even as something I can get at a higher level. Is this fair? Is having a PC with the ability to fly game-breaking? How can my DM and I come to a compromise? That Wouldn't is you just make question. it like a ability they have? I mean, you could, but I understand why if I, I've never seen anyone play in Aarakocra. Mm-hmm. If you, in fact, can at level one fly, I could see why a DM might not want to have to deal with that, especially yeah. a new DM. Especially also like a lot of like early level stuff, like when you're like a... When you're like a first level, a second level, like a lot of challenges are just like climbing over a wall. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Which is good because you need those small challenges to, you know, level up and get your character a little stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think- at higher levels though. Yeah, I would say a good compromise might be to what level can druids turn into flying mm. I believe level nine. I would say maybe a little bit before level nine or something is when that would be fair. Yeah. Because I don't know totally when, uh, to what extent Arakakras are, I would have, have to... been established 
in in like uh, official D and D stuff as being a playable race. I know that you can play them. You can play like anything you want, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they have like official stats as released by a book. You should say what Aarakocras are and oh. do a little sum- summary of them right now for people listening. And then they like a like... little dance, like an Aarakocra dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and okay. then just do a, and then also do like an Aarakocra mating call. So yeah. I am kind of holding my arms up like wings right now, <laughs> and I'm kind of doing a little shuffle to the side, showing my bird legs, um, and then I go, <laughs> and that's Whoa. sort of the That actually call. paints a really nice picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm titillated. <laughs> I'm fully titillated. Although, but like every if if part of if one of the benefits of playing an Aarakocra is that they fly, then like that's usually in favor of other things. Like, so you would think that it, it's like if you're not going to let me fly, like what if I can do it as a once a day ability? Yeah, or that's something what I was like that. that. That also that makes sense. I think like there's ways to build it into like your campaign and your character growth as well. Like. I don't know what this Aarakocra is in the world. Like, if there are more Aarakocra, like, if you come from, like, a noble tribe or something like that. But it seems like if you either were, like, raised separately from other Aarakocra and, like, aren't as good as at flying because of it, or, like, if that is a thing in the world where, like, Aarakocra must, like, go out and learn to fly on their own, they, like, get literally kicked out of their nest. I think there's, like, ways to, like, build it into your story to make it interesting, too. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's also ways to be, like, cool, like, you can fly... 10 feet in the air right yeah. you know like you can fly 10 feet in the air and your speed is the same mm-hmm. but if you want to fly higher than 10 feet you have to do like throw like saving throws or something like that or strength checks or something I like also, that. also i am just realizing that part of probably the dm's problem with this is the fact that um brandon is playing a ranger so I am getting a little bit of a sense. I think we're getting mm. a little bit of a one-sided story here as someone <laughs> who um, uh, is frequently uh, bombarded with shenanigans. Brandon, at level one, wants to be able to fly up over their enemies and shoot them with bows while not being able to be attacked except by um, like other arrows and stuff, which I could see is a little bit broken at level well, one. Well, okay, counterpoint. Don't people say that the ranger is uh, is a frustrating class to play in 5e? Perhaps that's a way to mm. make it a more exciting class. I would love if Nyak could fly, actually. <laughs> just ask. Just ask Dunkle Caldwell. He'll break down and that, give it to you. Brother, <laughs> I sprouted wings. <laughs> Yay! I would, I would imagine if it's... If you're homebrewing something, then I think it's within the DM's right to be like, this kind of fucks my shit up. Sure. Um, I do think it's a little weird to say you could never do it ever. I think you um, do it Even like as a high a level. Mm-hmm. I see no reason. If druids can fly around at like level nine, I see no reason a different character with like a different excuse um, for being able to fly couldn't fly at like level six or seven. I here's see why at level one you yeah. wouldn't want your characters flying around. Here's my opinion. You treat it like wild shape. So you can do it like once a day for a minute. So you could do it for like one combat. Uh, yeah. But right. then, and then as you level up and get higher and higher, you go up to twice a day. I don't know. I, I think you got to like take it battle to battle. It is kind of like, we don't know the full story here, but if I were a DM and somebody was like flying around in the air out of the range of my enemy, I would either have the enemy throw a rock at them (laughs) and just like knock them out of the sky. Or I would make them do like strength saving throws uh, to see if they could stay in the air. 
it's like partly on the DM to fuck with the the guy that wants to fly. So the DM yeah. would be like, all right, yeah, you want to fly? Great. I'm going to invent a bunch that... of villains that do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I do think that part of the reason, the way I would handle it is like, okay, you're going to fly. Well, then pretty much anytime you're in battle, everyone's going to target you because you are the most drawing dangerous. everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's partly that, but also I... I, I just don't totally... Anyone who's playing a bird, I just don't totally <laughs> trust that you're not uh, trying to draw shenanigans. Yeah, right, bitch. That's my next character. Yeah. A bird. Um, I have the definitive solution for the DM. Give your villain a gun. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. Just change the world so that everyone has a gun. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say if my, my official ruling... Um, is that if or if you... Wizards has a Aarakocra monster stat that is official and has been play tested and mm-hmm. it involves flying, then you should be able to fly because there's probably other things that have been um, knocked off to make it fair. Yeah. Um, if you, if this is something that you took from the monster manual and then are adjusting, then I think the DM should maybe give it to you at like level seven or eight or nine or nerf you a bit in other ways. I could see I why a level one character flying would could be game breaking, especially for a new DM. Also an idea for the DM, just like every single place they fight, just mention and the walls and from the ceiling hangs fly paper. <laughs> and then they have to keep doing dexterity saving throws to not get caught up in the fly paper. Yeah. Also, make sure that uh, every two hours a day, uh, the Aarakocra does need to preen. So you're going to need to be reserving <laughs> preening time. And if you don't preen, then, then your wings will get skanky and matted. <laughs> and then you won't be able to fly. Exactly. <laughs> you need to take twi- two short rests forever. You need to sleep for 16 hours a day. Not to mention you have to eat the exact nutrients that will keep your plumage lush. <laughs> so many oily berries. <laughs> yeah, that's also... You need to take omega-3 pills. <laughs> Definitely a tip for DMs if uh, your character... If well, one of your players wants to play a really strange character and you're like, what? I don't want you to be a cow person or something. Just have every single town they go to be like, what? A cow person? I don't trust you. Wait, my, sec- my second grade birthday was a cow-themed birthday because I loved cows so much. Can I... I play a cow of course. person? No, abs- oh. no. You already you play an elk sometimes. You play a goddamn pregnant elk right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a cow vest. You're basically a cow person. Okay, y'all. It's getting too happy. Let's bring it down. Okay. Chris C. asks, um, what would Jake Hurwitz uh, have done if Hard One had actually died? Oh, man. Like, what if you failed your roles in that moment, Hard One? Which Oof. time? Uh, yeah. Most recently, so when he actually that. died. When you failed your roles to come back. If you had failed your roles to come When back. I got stabbed by the Deathlands? Yeah. Hmm. Man. Well, you would you would have given me the choice to go to uh, Moradin, Cord, or Shadowfell? Shadowfell, yeah. I think I would have gone to Shadowfell because so, I like, would want to punish myself because I rolled like dog shit. <laughs> and then, I actually, this, it actually would have been pretty narratively interesting, albeit devastating, but I would have allowed Hard One to essentially have been like a dead person who was in Shadowfell who like couldn't be revived but could have been around for the last arc. So he would have gotten like one more lap with the band of boobs. Essentially. That would really too sad. But if he went to Shadowfell, couldn't I still bring him to like couldn't we reincarnate him? Couldn't we find Oh, that's interesting. 
Like, I, I, I don't, I am, if either of you tries to like get yourself killed, I will be dragging your body to every high level <laughs> druid and cleric in town. So, you know, it, you're going to have to tell me if you don't want me to do that. Uh-huh. Well, Mo- yeah, Moonshine now. And even if you say you don't want that, I will still do it. Moonshine has reincarnation now, right? Yeah, I do. Mm. So, just got, well, technically I think I got it for, I think I, we didn't level, get you to guys that just level. Till... Yeah. You leveled up after Queen Ezra. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I do now. Yeah. Um, that actually probably hasn't been announced on the show, but the, the boobs yeah. are level 10 now. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I'll have to come up with rules on how the, like, you know, if, if revivify doesn't work, can you then still do like reincarnation? I would say probably because it's just a different, um, it's well, like a different rein- ritual. It's a different reincarnation thing. is such a sacrifice in a way. Mm. Yeah, because you still come back differently. Yeah, right. We need to we need to have like a safe word like amongst all of us. Like reincarnate feels like it's I'm never gonna use it on either of you guys because it's such a gamble. Because you roll and see what you would get reincarnated as. Yeah, and mostly it's like elves and shit like that. But like you can like if you roll like it's it's uh you roll like a d100. And if you get like, you know, if you get like 99 or something like that, it's like a bugbear. So we need to have like a, we need to have like some sort of like understanding if we ever do reincarnate on each other. Because it also does sound fun though, like narratively, if one of us was reincarnated as a different uh, race, like that's so like role play wise, that's such a mind fuck. But if like one of us came back as a bugbear and like we need to have like a like safe word that just means like kill me. Kill me again. <laughs> I think well, we all do. It's need always to... got to be a willing soul. So somebody could always. I would allow you guys if like Moonshine tried to cast reincarnate on Hard One or something, and Hard One was like, "It's time for me to rest." But could yeah. I could I roll and see like it's if it's a bugbear and then I say it's time for me to rest? Yes, definitely. Oh, okay. okay. Honestly, be <laughs> then so I guess funny. we don't um, need a kill th- me safe word. Thanks, but no. <laughs> thing <laughs> this seems real cool what you've got I set really up here but it. i'm good yeah. i'm good <laughs> hard one just looking around at heaven uh, uh <laughs> this is i fun. wonder if i wonder if you could use some kind of um or like i wonder if you could add bardic inspiration obviously we don't have mm. a bard but i wonder if you could add bardic inspiration to a reincarnate role so like if you rolled and you got a shit one if you could just Add another D8 and see if you got a better well, one. Yeah, I would. would uh, I would allow some kind of. I I think it would be if if you did if you made some sacrifice or did the ritual in some kind of cool way and you found like a good uh, role play reason for it. I would allow what would essentially be like advantage on that role because I do think. Whoa! So you can roll it twice and choose yeah, between the two. Cool. I, I think it's it's fun to have that wild card aspect, mm-hmm. but I also don't want one of you guys to play something that you don't want to play at all. Yeah, well, that's why I mean. we have the kill me safe word. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we all need to sign a living will. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Um, let's do some other ones, kind of rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, do it. Uh, Garrison A asks, which fad food, fast food places would each of your characters, including any NPCs, love the most? Uh, mm. And said, "I guess there's a lot more Chick Fil A's and Galater on now that the all is in charge," <laughs> which is a funny joke. Yeah. 
Hmm. I yeah, mean, I think the chosen love Chick Fil A right. and washing it down with a nice milk. Nash. Hardwoods White Castle sliders. Sliders. Oh, oh definitely. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Beverly. That Bev loves Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. But he probably also loved like Shoney's. I think like any like family style buffet restaurant, Beverly is super into because he's like he's a teen and he eats. You know, the teens got to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, dirty appetite. secret for moonshine. She loves Jolly Bee. Ooh, <laughs> love that ketchup Jolly and spaghetti. Bees are great. <laughs> I just it was so off character. I was just joking. No, I don't know. Is there like... Oh, Red Lobster. Red Lobster. <laughs> hell yeah. That's oh, what man. The there's else. a place. There's a place it's in red Burbank. Oh, yeah, maybe, red Crawdad. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Moonshine thinks like secretly has always wanted to go to Red Lobster, but thinks it's too fancy. So <laughs> opts for Long John Silver. Oh my God. Maybe my dad was like a host at the Red Lobster. <laughs> oh my God. The Maitre D. The Maitre Dirty D. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a place in Burbank called the Boiling Crab, and it's one of those spots where they like bring you just a big plastic sack full of crab legs. Yeah, and I want to go there in cosplay as Crick Elves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except Moonshine will be like, "Why is everyone Why is everyone tucking something into their bib, not getting it all over themselves?" <laughs> you got a perfectly good shirt for that. Yeah, uh, doctor- you got you got to show everyone you ate crawdads earlier today. <laughs> uh, doctor Gwen asks, Stunks. "Fuck, Mary, kill gnomes, birds, AKA high elves, Whoa. birds, aka angels." Okay. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Well. Hmm. You got to kill the gnomes. I, here's the thing: the gnomes if, have been so good to you. If the <laughs> if the high elves are good enough for Jolene, I think I want a piece too. So I'm gonna say fuck high elves. I think I would do. I think I would kill the birds slash angels. Yeah. Fuck the high elves and marry myself a gnome. Yeah, because it'd be fun. They like at. they'd have like a fun little lawnmower they tinkered together, and like you know they take care of that. And I feel like. But then maybe I would be like one of them, so they wouldn't be trying to like screw me over all yeah. the time. You know. But you'd you'd ingratiate yourself to the gnomish people because you married into them. So I'd good. learn their trickery. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the ultimate trick is to get married to one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John S. asks, Emily and Jake, what kind of campaign would you DM? Hmm. That's a really, really good question. Emily, do you know? I got uh, I'm nervous. I, well, uh, actually, I do know. I, I, would, I think I would do a, like a low fantasy uh, Game of Thrones type of uh, campaign. That'd be so like, cool. That, like, practic- like that is... That's like the kind of fantasy that is my favorite kind of fantasy. And then also practically, I don't need to like learn a whole fuck ton about spells. Yep. That's true. I will say it's easier to have a lot of magic in a campaign as far as world building goes than it is to like come up with a ton of kingdoms and like their governments and all of that. <laughs> oh, so versus I just could, being I like, there are could... wizards that live here and they make the city float. You oh, know what I mean? No, I would, I love the idea of like uh, making a, a council and a, and a triarch and we oh, shit magistrates. I'll come up with magistrates. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of agree. Yeah, I like I like political bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what I would do. Like, I I th- I like a lot of different worlds. So, um, I definitely like I like uh, the blood elves in World of Warcraft a lot, or the night elves. Are they night elves? Yeah, or blood there's elves? there's two. There's both. I like the night elves in um in World of Warcraft a lot, and I like to just like fly around their worlds and live in their purple glow. Um, so maybe like a glowing purple world. 
Damn. So a low magic purple world. <laughs> purple world. Love it. But I also really like 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 creepy monsters a lot too. Yeah. yeah. Like It'd really kind of like goth monsters. Like um I would love to do like a Bloodborne inspired world that you DM'd Emily. That'd be so fun. Oh, interesting. Like a little more like Lovecraftian. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like spooky stuff. Yeah. Get spooky. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, Lee on Twitter asks, who's the biggest antagonist, Theala or Ilsaid slash Akarat? Do you guys hate the devils or the angels more? Oh, no. Oh, we haven't really, <laughs> so, we haven't interacted with Theala at all, have we? I but, think but you, that- you interact with Chosen. Theala's right. been like the obvious antagonist, but like I have in the back of my head that Ilsaid like destroyed my aunt's life. Mm. So like I we haven't, like we've interacted with Akira, but like that still doesn't really give me a great right. window into Ilsid. The devil's done more to fuck us, but the chosen are more annoying. Yeah, yes. I mean the chosen did also take over my home. <laughs> yeah, so. but the devil right. made a deal with your dad, and yeah, man, they are all up in my my just my business on every front. I hate them both equally. Gosh, <laughs> no thank you to either. I say. Does anyone have a specific uh, answer if you had to pick one? I just said I think Ilsid is yeah. the bigger. I mean, like, obviously Theala's, like, got a lot of power, so she's more present. Like, we're hearing, like, updates on her, but Ilsid, it's, like, I feel a little more personally attacked by. Yeah, I think that the, I, like, Ilsid is Rosen in the popularity charts as far as um, people we want to kill. But Galad is, like, my mortal enemy, I, especially <laughs> given where we are now. <laughs> It's been fucking me since before I was born. <laughs> uh, and we will answer uh, one more question on this episode, but we will answer more over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash nadpod, N-A-D-D-P-O-D, don't sing Ooh, it. I wish to. Um, but uh, this last one is a fun one. Uh, Mr. Anybody on Twitter asks, when will we get an episode with granddaddy Brennan Lee Mulligan? Uh, the answer is very soon. Uh, we are going to get Brennan in uh, on some of this Shadowfell stuff. So I think we're going to do an episode or two to kind of introduce the arc. And then our our good friend, uh, Brennan, is going to be joining us. Hell Yay. Cool guest Yay. Arc. He's so the excited. best. Can't wait. I, he was uh, talking to me about his character and he says it's like the closest thing you can get to like a fully broken character, but still following the rules. So I'm very excited. Yep. That's what <laughs> happens when DMs play. They... <laughs> instantly get into um shenanigans but like shenanigans that they could that will hold up in court (laughs) (laughs) these are squeaky clean shenanigans oh my gosh yeah ironclad cool guys so we're gonna wrap it up like i said we'll be answering more questions over on our patreon so head on over to there if you want to listen to more um guys we got some stuff to plug watch hot date on netflix me and emily sketch show you could also um we're currently filming season two baby season two baby um, uh, you can also get our book, Hey You Up, How to Turn Your Booty Call into Emergency Contact, satirical relationship advice book, available on Amazon and on Audible. Caldwell, what do you got to plug? Ooh, uh, why don't you check out Big City Greens? It's a Disney show that I work for. Um, I believe all the first season is available on Amazon or iTunes, uh, or on the Ooh. Disney Now app. Not on Disney Plus yet, but like, get excited, it's probably going to be on there. It's just us and the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, nice. check us out. <laughs> 
how do people send us stuff, Caldwell? Oh, it's a great question. You can send it to 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 222, Los Feliz, California, 90027. Uh, I went to the P.O. Box recently. We have a lot of cool stuff in there, so we'll be doing shout-outs for that in upcoming episodes. Uh, thank you so much for sending us things. Jake, what do you got? Beard oil, baby. Brother, sister, co. Yeah. Yeah. And the sister, mister, of course. Sister, mister. I'm a misted sister, and I'm happy about it. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, And also, I think our our live show. Oh, oh God. Fuck. (laughs) It might be sold out at this point, but um, if it's not, then it is damn close to selling out. Uh, You can go to nadpod.com and click on the live tab, and you'll see our Chicago show. We're coming to Chicago on June 14th. I cannot wait. I love that city. Me too. Uh, very few tickets left, so uh, jump on it if there you are. haven't already. Guys, follow us on Twitter at chmurfismi, at uh, is Emily at Caldwell at jkerwitzisjake, and tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. We are, we are, the youth of the nation. We are, we are, the youth of the nation. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>